step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. You're now live on the Middleman Radio. This is the Middleman Talk Show. You're live with Al. And this is Kevin. What's happening? Hey, man. I think somebody snuck in the building today. Whoa. Did, did, uh, you, did you see? Uh, why what? are you on my feet? Hey, hey. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Yeah, you know this. Hey, he, he got that uh, comfortable chill. You know what I'm talking about? So I, I, I had that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you got yeah he got the one that, that right. He got the one you can lay back in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. come come on up off that player. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, I pooted in it a couple of times, so you don't want this back. I got a little, I got a little light call. It's all good. No, it's really not gonna help it. <laughs> well, people, if you're what's not just on, not tuning in on, to the Middleman Talk Show, we have 75% of the Middleman team here. Hopefully, we will have 100% here today. Um, you have the three amigos. We're missing our fourth person, the, the, the strong voice for our ladies out there. We're missing Jen. Hopefully, she'll be here today so we can get into this great conversation that we will have today. Nick, how you doing, bro? Man, I'm doing well, brother doing very well just you know moving day by day you know how it is most definitely man most definitely we have a group uh-oh hey kid man i don't want to cut you off man my bad man my bad kid i'm excited the studio has been back in here you over here acting like we on look stop it you you over there acting like we did some old school no, I'm excited no, to be hands-free no, right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? No, no. Like, I can I'm do a lot. To upgrade the studio. No, I can do mm-hmm. a lot right now. Hell, acting like we back on that Tascan full track. No, I got three screens. <laughs> you know, it's great right now. I got all my information yeah. ready. <laughs> 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 
over there cheesing, man. You over there cheesing. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, like a fat kid <laughs> with cake. Hey. Talking about, man. Hey. But I mean, it, it's a hey, man. It, it's good to have everybody back on the show. Like you said, we're just missing one person, man. But I, I think that um, our new listeners, you know, first of all, man. First of all, I would like to give a big shout out to our man Chucky Charles for that new intro. Nick, I know you ain't been back since we you ain't been back over here since we put that new intro on, have you? I haven't. I'm feeling it. I am definitely feeling it, brother. Yeah. Gives us a little bit more energy, you know. Oh yeah, I like that, man. Nah, it, it, it's yeah. Chuck, man. When is Chuck ever disappointed? Never. I know, man. Matter of fact, Grammy mm-hmm. award-winning Chuck. That's right. Exactly. Chucky Charles. Yeah, yeah. He just won some more awards, man. Big shout out to Chuck out there. Matter of fact, man, I want to give a shout out to everybody that ever listened to this show, Marva. I want to give a shout out to. Why right. you so mad, radio? Right. K one hundred. Why you mad? Son? All the people that listen you, you to us. You us in their name. Though. <laughs> <laughs> why you mad, son? It's why you mad, son. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, whatever, man. It, it sounds about the same. So, I mean, shout out to them. Uh, uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, uh, T Smitty. T Smitty. Uh, shout out to everybody who's listening. Yeah, man. All the cats listen to the show, man. That's right, man. That's oh, right, right, man. Hey, what, what's uh? Hey, what's old boy name that was GN Arch Nemesis? He used to call in all the time. Oh my like god, man! I forgot. Gen, but what is his name? I forgot that guy's name, but I remember him. I remember, man. We're gonna call the hounds on that guy, man. Charles. <laughs> right. It wasn't Charles. I think it was Charles yeah. or Charlie or something like that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, we don't want to get confused with uh, Charlie Braxton. So. No, no, no. <laughs> Shout out to Charlie Braxton. Yeah. What up, Charlie? Yeah. Shout out to all the comedians. Oh, yeah, man. Booker Brown. Yeah. Everybody. Go ahead, Al, man. Go, man. Go. Well, today we got a lot that we need to discuss because there's a lot of things that is going on right now in the world and also the United States, of course, most, most importantly, because this is where we live right now. Uh, today, we will be discussing a lot of key issues that are of interest in the policies and government programs that are affecting older adults. Now, some of the topics we're going to touch on today include about SNAP benefits, Social Security, the cost of health care, climate change, uh, the lack of diversity in the top nominees as far as with race, and also tribalism in politics. We have um, some clips in which we're going to play for you all today uh, to get you... Uh, to give you a little bit more information about some of the topics, we definitely want you guys to uh, express your thoughts. And if you have a comment or if you would like to say something on the chat board, the, the call-in number is 516-387-1542. Again, that's 516-387-1542 if you would like to call and make a comment. Um, but we definitely want to dive deeply into some of these things of which we have on the list today because they are going to affect a lot of people in the coming years. Um, so I think initially we're going to start off with discussing the uh, most recent report about the SNAP benefits being uh, cut. And I know we have a clip for that, um, but just a little background. So beginning on April 1st, Every able-bodied adult between the ages of 18 to 49 have a dependent 
will have to work at least 20 hours a week in order to leave their benefits. At three months within a 30 would not be impacted by this particular change. Now, in 2018, this is just a, a little stat for you guys to think about. In 2018, 39- I don't know if we're having some technical difficulties over here, but it seems like, uh, did we just lose Al? Yeah, I think we are having just a little technical difficulty. Yeah, see, he... Hold on, man. Let me check this mic right quick. I'm like, man, hold on. You over here smiling and cheesing, and we got this new equipment, and he still can't operate it right. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So uh, right now, what we're going to continue off with, uh, I'm gonna, we're going to continue off where ALF off at. Uh, we were talking about the SNAP benefits and as far as uh, the participants and some of the things that they have to do to receive those benefits from the government when it comes to welfare assistance. Um, I know Nick and I and Al, uh, we do come from one of the most impoverished states uh, in the United States, and uh, we do have a large population that do rely on government assistance. Uh, But with this current administration, it seems like we're going to have some changes coming up here shortly. Um, And this election is a pivotal point to whereas if we do not Stay on our grind as far as getting uh, people, uh, just getting people um, registered to vote, um, getting people out to vote, getting people engaged into this election. Uh, it's going to be a problem. So we definitely need to make sure that we inform ourselves. Uh, and the middlemen are basically going to continue to try to educate us. Uh, we're going to try to continue to educate you guys on what we do have going on. Uh, for this upcoming election and, and make sure that you're informed enough to get out there and want to vote. Uh, that's the half of battle. That's the half of the battle right there. So uh, first thing we're going to start off is with this clip right here. And then we'll, once we come back, we're going to get into the discussion about the SNAP program and some of the other topics that we have for you today. And this is the Middleman Talk Show on Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. The Trump administration announced today it is going forward with a plan to kick nearly 700,000 people off of food stamps. The administration formalizing a rule that makes it harder for states to waive federal standards around who can qualify for the food stamp program, which is now known as SNAP. On a call with reporters today, Agricultural Secretary Sonny Perdue said the change was designed to both save money and, quote, restore the dignity of work to food stamp recipients. What it boils down to is the government saying that in many areas, if you cannot find a job, then you just can't get food stamps. The USDA says the work requirement rule would save the government $5.5 billion over five years. That is a bit more than a billion dollars a year. Just for context here, the Trump administration has authorized $16 billion this year alone to make welfare payments to agribusiness affected by Trump's trade war. The rule announced today represents just one phase of Trump's planned cuts for the nation's 36.4 million food stamp recipients. If and when two other initiatives take effect, the Urban Institute, which studies this sort of thing, estimates the measures would together cut 3.7 million beneficiaries from the SNAP program. Critics say this is a completely unnecessary attack on the poorest Americans and their ability to feed themselves. And joining me now is one of those critics, Democratic Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, the top Democrat on the Senate Agriculture Committee. Senator, why do you uh, oppose this move by the administration? 
Well, Chris, first I want to thank you for lifting this up. It's a busy day, a lot going on. I think they hoped it might slide by without a lot of attention. So thank you. Uh, our analysis today actually shows, while they say it's 700,000, it's really closer to a million people. And what they are targeting are folks that are seasonal workers, part-time folks. Somebody goes out to the mall during the holidays and gets a job, but then the job goes away in January. Or a waitress or waiter that can't control their own wages. Or somebody in northern Michigan who is working part-time during the summer season, you know, or during the winter season. So right. it's people in and out of the economy, and they're tightening things up. And I have to say that they are rejecting what we did in the Farm Bill on a bipartisan basis. We voted this policy down, and there are 47 of us that with a letter with Lisa Murkowski and myself who sent a letter to the USDA saying don't do this, and yet they are proceeding so anyway. All right, that was a clip on the SNAP program, and it seems like it's in, it's, it's in, it's in peril. I mean, right now they're attempting to cut a lot of people off, going back to the work uh, for food stamps program, which they say they, they never really eliminated that. I mean, are you guys familiar with that program, or do you know anyone that had to be involved with that program? As far as dealing with the the, uh, the food stamp program, yes. Um, yeah, food stamp program. Now, as far as uh, – so it's definitely going to hurt a lot of people that live in rural areas, like in rural America, because you got to think of those particular areas are like there, there are not a lot of jobs. So uh, think about like small town areas in Mississippi where some people have to drive 45 minutes to an hour just to get to work, right? And so yeah. if you do not yeah. have a job because of the lack of employment in that particular area, what do you have to do? You have to go and get assistance. Now, if you if you cannot find a job to meet the $20 uh, an hour uh, minimum, um, how are you going to qualify in order to even get that? So if you also look at what uh, these benefits that are going to be uh, cut are targeting, they're targeting more blue states mm -hmm. because if you look at like Georgia, Iowa, like uh, places like that, Texas, California, like those areas are going to be highly impacted by this particular change, and it's going to hurt a lot of people. Right. Um, before before your mic just you know had a malfunction. Uh, you was going to elaborate on uh, some of the stats dealing with the SNAP program. Uh, if you want to pull that up real quick. Uh, but one right. of the things, too, Al, uh, even though mm -hmm. it's targeting blue states, the people that are going to be hurt the most will be from red states. The majority of them don't have access. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at your Kentuckys, right. you look at your West Virginians, you look at your uh, uh, Missouri, places like mm -hmm. that, they don't have the opportunities that a lot of other states do. And these people heavily rely on the SNAP program. So if they don't have access to that, and these are the bases, base of Trump's voters, will they continue to vote for this man? Unfortunately, I would have to say that they would. Uh, and I think it, depends on, it, it really depends on the state. Uh, if, if anything else, the uh, 2019 gubernatorial election in Mississippi would have shown you that. Uh, because Tate Reeves, who was elected as the new governor, was one of the main people who killed the expansion of uh, Medicaid in Mississippi, which was, at, I want to say, and, and don't quote me completely on it, I want to say it was 65% favored by Republicans in the state. And actually mm -hmm. two of his main primary opponents 
uh, Bruce Waller and I can't remember the other gentleman's name, but they both ran on the uh, expansion of Medicaid. Uh, it, it's gotten right. so blatant that even recently he put out a warning to other Republicans in the state uh, not to attempt the uh, to push the expansion of Medicaid again. So it is going to definitely affect those people, but unfortunately they're still going to get out there and they're going to vote for them. Mm. Most definitely, they are, uh, because if you also look at the uh, like the proportionate number of of low income people who vote Republican, those are those ones who who helped win the race last uh, uh, last time. And so, if you look at the That's amount true. of people who are on SNAP benefits, um, and this is taken off the U.S. Department of Agriculture site based off uh, based off of uh, ethnicity. Uh, white people, 36.2% receive uh, SNAP benefits. African American, 25.6%. Hispanic, 17.2%. Um, all, all other races are 3% and below. Um, but you also have the situation where in 2018, 39.7 million people received these particular benefits. Only 2.9 million were able bodied adults between the age of 18 and 49 out of that percentage well out of that number of 2.9 million million adults only 26 percent of those had a job so with this particular cut because it's going to begin april 1st in 2020 mm-hmm. you're going to have to have at least 20 hours a week per work to qualify that is going to like quadruple that number well Let's, wow. let's also kind of deconstruct that number. Uh, that number is based on traditional wage-based jobs, right? Correct. Uh, it, it's a That's couple correct. of things that it does not include. It does not include any gig economy work. So your Uber drivers, mm-hmm. your Lyft drivers, right. Uh, right. people who uh, deliver for Amazon or Postmates. That is and, correct. And these are people who, and, and for what it's worth, they work well over. 20 hours a week, well over 20 hours a week. So, you know, it does not include them. It also doesn't include, in particular in Mississippi, one thing, and it was funny, um, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Ricky Cole, who was running for uh, uh, Secretary of Agriculture in in Mississippi. Uh, One thing that he spoke about was it also doesn't include the people in parts of, let's say, rural Mississippi who operate under cottage laws. So your cottage laws, and there are similar laws in other states, but uh, your cottage law in Mississippi allows you to uh, – for people who are baking goods, uh, you know, making things within their home that are not in a commercial kitchen or, or not commercially produced, and they'll go out and sell them at farmer's markets and, and you know, places of that nature, flea markets and things like that. But the cottage law only allows for them to make up to $20,000 per year. But for some parts of rural Mississippi in particular – Twenty thousand per twenty thousand per year is about the median median income that they make. So there are a lot of factors that don't go into this. Oh, they're not working. It just presents this narrative of they're not working. What's going to end up happening is a lot of these people who are going to lose these benefits are going to have to go mm-hmm. to some. Let's be honest, a BS job that they're going to be making less than what they were making doing the gig economy or doing you know participating within the cottage law. So, and, and, and all Trump is going to do is then say, oh, well, look, when I did this, employment went down even more. It, it's just, it pushes another narrative that, you know, 
people who are on benefit are not working people, when in fact, more often than not, because of the nature of the type of work that some of them may have to take, they are usually the more hardworking people in that private sector. So when you have people really going into this, and when you see this, because I've seen a lot of our people who will say, oh, well, I just feel like I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I think they should be working. You have to realize what, what's, a, what's under the layer, that first onion layer that the president's put right. out. Um, see, and, and one, one thing, um, one thing Jen brought up too. Uh, Jen just texted me over uh, some information. She, she said because of health care, many jobs cut hours to part time, so no health care insurance and cuts to food stamps. Uh, I mean, when you look at the Social Security, health care issues that we're having right now, um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be a big factor, too, in the next upcoming election. Because if, if they cut – a lot of the programs that they're cutting, it is something as far as our safety nets. You know, we, we definitely – in this country, we need safety nets. The jobs are definitely have gone. Uh, automation is going to definitely be a big factor, too, because a lot of jobs don't even need people anymore. Uh, like you were saying, Nick, right. they cut you down to 20 hours. You don't have health insurance. You know, your Social Security yeah. check, if you, if you don't put so many hours in for Social Security, Social Security you can't mm-hmm. even get that. Most definitely. So, and, I mean, you know what? It's, it's something we got to stay on top of. Real, real quick to add to that, because, you know, I, I really want people to understand how real it is, and I want you to understand how close it is to you. So for all of our listeners that are in Alabama in particular, you know, you have the Hyundai plant in Atlanta. I mean, and, I'm sorry, in, uh, in Alabama, right outside of Montgomery. Uh, when the Hyundai plant got to uh, the area, they were on a 10-year tax incentive. Because this goes to your point about cutting hours, uh, not being able to draw for security, whatever the case may be. Now, they had certain guidelines in which in that 10-year period they had to abide in terms of labor force. As soon as that ten-year period went up, you saw two things happen. You saw mass layoffs at the Hyundai plant, and then you saw the rise of all of these temp agencies. So all of a sudden, temp agencies in the area—I mean, it, it, it tripled in the amount of temp agencies there were in Montgomery. And so what they were doing was they were going back through and hiring people through the temp agencies so that they did not have to pay them their benefits. They could cut their hours wow. at will. No matter what hours they work, they still couldn't draw any type of health benefits or anything like that, and that's actually still going on right now. So you, it, it's, that's it's crazy. Than just, so, so people would then say, "Well, they're not working like that. No, they're not getting those hours, the hours that they're getting. They're also working those hard hours." This is what happens when you don't have a union in the state or something like that. Uh, they're also working those right. hours, and they're not receiving any benefits from it. So it's more than just, oh, people are in on government benefits and they're not working. You really have to peel back the layers to see how they are really getting over on people. And it just so happens that the government is a couple, so, you know, that's the whole thing. And see, yeah. and see, and see, and see that's the biggest thing right there. Right there, Nick. How are they getting over on these people time and time again when you're not progressing? And you're still voting in the same people who want to vote the same way that are not voting to benefit you, but you're still backing these people because they look like you. And see, I was listening to Roland mm-hmm. Martin the the, uh, the other day, and he said something that he told some of the presidential you know candidates who are running in the in the next election. He said, if you want to win this next election, you got to go and target poor white people. 
and tell them, hey, white people, this is what I am trying to do for you. These are the things that are impacting you. These are the things that the people who you are voted in are putting in place that are hurting you right now. This is what I plan to do. This is how I plan to help you. I am. I'm going to say this, y'all. Just being real. Um, Just the conditioning of some people. Uh, Regardless of us saying that these are the things that we're doing and we're targeting them, they're conditioned to think as long as I'm benefiting off of this, I'm good. And as long as you're not. And they're talking about the other people. They're thinking... Even though they're thinking, yeah, they're thinking as long as I'm in the, as long as I'm not in the same boat as black people, I'm good. That's I'm how good. they think. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, let, and let me just say this: I, I, I also I watched uh, Roland Martin's interview, so I would encourage anyone that uh, it's on YouTube, it's streamed several times a day. But it's Roland Martin Unfiltered. I'm actually a charter member of the Fan Club. I, I absolutely disagree with him on that point, and here's the reason why. When you look at the statistics okay. of it, when you look at the pure statistics of it, and I'm talking about Democrats right now, Democrats have not won a majority of white voters, male and female. That's who they need or, to or target. Democrats or, or left That's who they need to go candidates. after. That's who they right. need well, to I go after, that. bro. They have not won them since Lyndon Baines Johnson. If you go back and you look at the voting record, the closest you're right was Bill Clinton, you're right. but they have not won it. It's, it's, it's not to say that they won't change one day, but history is showing us that since LBJ, they have not. The problem is, and this is a, this is more so so speaks to the candidate portion of it. Mm-hmm. Democrats always push this narrative. We need to reach across the aisle. We need to reach across the aisle, and we're all about these moral victories. Republicans are like, no, we need total domination. They don't reach, and we're correct, going to do because they don't reach across the aisle for total domination. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And, 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 that, and Democrats that's got to stand up and have the balls, man. They got to stand up, put their feet down. That's it. So instead of put- galvanizing the base that you have. Let's look at Mississippi, for example. Now, I don't want to spend too much time talking specifically about Mississippi. But when you talk about the fact that Mississippi is nearly 40% African-American, percentage-wise, the blackest state in the United States of America, if Democrats galvanize their base, just their base, and the base voted their numbers, we wouldn't even be having these discussions because – out of that 40% of African Americans, 92% of them are Democrats. So when you factor in your progressive white liberal leaning Democrats in the states, why is mm-hmm. it that you do not have one single, one single Democratic statewide representative in the state of Mississippi? Republicans are massive you know at locking in their base. And that but you is know why? That the Democrats could absolutely look, could, should learn from. Right, because they well, are saying you know, one day, what these people want to hear, and they are playing into that 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 whole particular uh, like this whole propaganda, and they've been doing it for years. You know, even with the propaganda, even with the propaganda, Al, it's more so how they brand the message. Democrats that's are not propaganda, bro. A message for the people. That's propaganda. Well, I, yeah, that's, I get you. That's exactly that's the definition see, of propaganda. 
even with the propaganda, I'm talking about from the aspect of, you know, in, in today's world that we're living in, the average mm-hmm. person nowadays are not as how our parents were. It's all about radio and TV. Now it's about social media. It's all about yep. uh, uh, every, well, really everything social media-wise. But, see, the people that they're targeting um, as far as with the Republican, they have a whole new generation if you pay attention to it, and that's the young Republicans. And those those young kids or young adults will be taking this form of politics and politics to the next level in the next couple of years because they're going to be the ones that's going to be leading everything. Um, it kind of leads into what we want to talk about. And I know we do need to get the health care uh, and, and a couple other things, but tribalism. Um, when you think about tribalism, you know, in politics, it reminds me of gangs, honestly. Because some people are more so alike, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative, I'm a liberal. I mean, they tag everything if you think about it, Al, everything. But mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about tribalism and what this president has somewhat put into politics now. Because everything that he do is it's an intimidation factor for Republicans. And you got Democrats are scared to say anything because it's still, like you say, the propaganda, Al, for their constituents, it fits right along with what President Trump wants as a Republican. And these Democrats yep. are scared because they like, okay, if my constituents are feeling a certain type of way and feel like they're losing, I can lose my job, my seat. So let's get into the tribalism of it all. What do you guys have thoughts on that? Uh, I think that it exists on both sides. Uh, and if, yes, if, if someone were, I don't necessarily like to classify myself. If, if someone were to ask me, you know, if I had to classify myself, I would classify myself as a progressive when it comes to um, politics. I don't believe in taking corporate PAC money. I don't. I, I don't believe. I believe that the big money in politics should be gone. I think Citizens United was a mistake, and. I, I, but with that being said, they had their own set of issues as well. Uh, so, for instance, in the 2016 election, uh, Bernie didn't win the primary. Okay, that's fine. But you had these Bernie or Bust progressives that said, "Hey, well, I'm just not going to participate." Well, that's that's the very antithesis of what Bernie Sanders ran on. So you get what I mean. But it was it was Bernie or Bust. You see it now. You see uh, Camelus people who are rightfully you know pissed off about. You know, her having to drop out of the race, so you got the the, the K highs against the Bernie Bros, and it, 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 everything is like that. And it started, it started from one person, and it started a lot sooner than anybody really gives him credit for. And this is one thing that, from a strategy standpoint, I will give Donald Trump all the credit in the world. He really started this. Mm-hmm. He started the, the sectoring everything yep. off with such vitriol. And everybody yep. thinks about the election of Donald Trump as in starting in end of 2014, 2015 when he filed his FEC filing. No. Donald Trump has been campaigning for president since the moment Barack Obama won the election. That is correct. That is if correct. If you go back, and, and, and that's the portion of it that, is that correct. people aren't understanding. He locked in his base for a full eight years. He locked in his base completely, which is why he was able to decimate everybody in the Republican primary, which is – and we can talk about Russian interference. We can talk about all of that, but 
he actually decimated everybody in the Republican primary. And that's just that's just what it was. He's been locking in his base, and he knew that his base was on social media. But the one thing I don't want to get anybody to get so caught up in is the social media aspect of it, because more than uh-huh. social media, the people on the right are going out into the field, and they're galvanizing their base. They're knocking on doors, and they're getting people out to the polls. They're showing up in droves. They're renting vans. They're doing all the same things, which is really a tactic of the civil rights movement. They are right. showing up in ways that for every one person that you see showing up to vote Democrat, you're going to see five showing up to, repo- to vote Republican. And they're coming from the rural areas that Democrats refuse to go into. So the, the tribal well, well, comes well, from the fact that people change, feel like though. nobody's coming to see them. What, 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 what brought up about that change? Cause that, what, what, what brought that change as far as the, the whole playbook being changed over where Republicans are doing what Democrats used to do? And, and if you want to, you say you identify as a um, progressive, right? I, I identify as a progressive, yeah. Nothing wrong were, with that. But if, if, I'm put, if I'm putting a stamp on it, I, I would identify as a progressive. Okay, okay. I, I have no problem with that whatsoever, but I'm just, yeah. I'm just amused with this. The thought process of being able to get out and, like you said, galvanize their base by getting out doing the same thing that we saw Democrats do for years. Have have the Democrats gotten lazy uh, or have just the the new age of Republicans have that changed? Because yes, yes, yes. I I think the new age of uh, the Republicans have. um, I don't think it has changed. I think that. Since we have social media and we have like more of a platform to see these people, uh, we're we're finally able to see those people that we may have heard stories about, and so now they're able to put mm-hmm. themselves in front of a camera more easily to get their point across to those people who watch Fox News, who listen to Rush, well, who used to listen to wrestling balls and and those those Bill O'Reilly characters, right? Because those are those people who. Trump targeted as well too. Those a, a lot of those right. people follow who on on Twitter. Donald Trump. A lot of those people believe everything that comes out of his mouth, right? Um, like you see it right. all the time, every day. And so yes, his group of people who follow him u- utilize that same method and just expand it. And so it's like a whole network, and they planted one seed, and now they got a tree. And it's it's so yes. even. Even 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 with that being said, I mean, when you look at the upcoming election and you look mm-hmm. at the candidates that are in this race, who excites you enough to make you feel like, okay, they can beat Donald Trump? I mean, you know, the, the candidates that we have left and, and what the ones that are going to probably be the ones that are standing last, they're not exciting at all. I mean, there's nothing about them that make me feel like, okay, I want to go out and vote for them. Um, Trump, like we were just saying, he got the base already energized, ready to go. They're ready. I mean, they're ready to. I mean, if, if the election was if, tomorrow, they'll be there today. I think it's going to come back down to like the Senate, bro, because we got to think about those uh, supporters who are not listening to anything that um, that that comes from the House of Representatives. They, you know, like you got your Mitch McConnell's and like your Lindsey Graham's and all those type guys, right? They're not listening to anything that's been, you know, like they don't even believe the stuff that's going on in in Ukraine is real, even though they got. Right. Well, it's not. <laughs> but the it's tribalism. They don't, they don't support it. 
They go support it. No, no, no. It's part of their here, mantra. Here's the thing. It is, I, I can't necessarily say that they don't believe. They believe they're trying to keep their seats. So definitely mm-hmm. that. Yeah, correct. Yeah, Donald Trump can tweet something. That is correct. Donald that Trump can correct. tweet and say, oh, well, the do-nothing Democrat. Well, it's easy for him to say that when Mitch McConnell has over 200 bills sitting on his desk right now in right. the House that he won't even mm-hmm. look at because right. it's a Democratic-controlled House. Now, what I will say is this. I want to come back and revisit this after the primary in March. Because of this, the one thing everyone is scared about in a Republican Party is that Donald Trump is still at a 90% approval rating among Republicans. So that means if I am a Republican representative – and I do something to piss off Donald Trump. He could very easily put right. support behind someone else, and then they can primary me out. After the primary, what we do know, because everything is so tribal and is so sectored off, if that same Republican, after the primary, comes out and says, I don't agree with President Trump, I'm voting against President Trump, I'm voting in favor for impeachment, then what is going to end up happening is, though his base, his or her base, may be upset with him, they would still vote for him over a Democrat in November. So it's going to be really interesting yeah. to see how the Republican Party acts towards Donald Trump after the primary. Because because once they cannot be primary, it's just like if you notice, the most vocal, with the exception of Ms., uh, Mitt Romney, who from time to time comes out against Donald Trump, the ones who are the most yeah. vocal <laughs> about their displeasure with Donald Trump are the Republicans who are not seeking re-election. Right, so that's it, correct. It's going to right, be interesting correct. to see it after the primary. Now, in terms of your earlier question about a candidate that would be strong enough to beat one, let me go ahead and say this now. It ain't Joe Biden. It no. ain't. It's not. It, it's, no, Lord. It's, it's not, not Joe Biden. And, 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 and Michael Eric Dyson put it best, uh, the main reason his support is so strong among black people is because he's been hanging out with black dudes for eight years. Go ahead. So Thank you. That, that Thank is, you. A, that mm-hmm. is a portion of it that makes him quote-unquote electable. If I, I had to say that there were anyone that was truly a threat to Donald Trump, I have to say it's Elizabeth Warren. Here's the reason That's why. That's correct. That's correct. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I agree. Bernie Sanders is going to have to deal with the ageism of them. And yes, he is the same age or in the same age group as Trump and Biden and everything. Yeah. But unlike everyone else, Bernie had a heart attack. Well, he had to have heart surgery, right? That is still weighing in on the minds of voters. America is not progressive enough to vote in someone like Pete Buttigieg, and he's not going to get past the primary because he's still polling at 0% among African Americans. Elizabeth Warren is enough of a progressive, but but she has enough centrism about her that can relate to the rest of the party. And if they didn't think that Elizabeth Warren were not a threat, Michael Bloomberg would not be in the race right now because the biggest threat about Elizabeth Warren is her wealth tax. And you know it's starting to hit home with everyone because – Prior to this past week, before he spoke about Elizabeth Warren and her wealth tax, Donald Trump hadn't really been saying anything about her lately. 
His attacks were on Joe Biden. That's where his attacks were. That's correct. Now, you That's got a correct. situation where he's trying to turn his attention towards Elizabeth Warren. She's the biggest threat. I'm sorry. I love Bernie Sanders, but she conveys Bernie's message better than Bernie. She's yeah. younger and than she the has rest a plan of for everything. She's got a plan, and, and you know we can go back and forth about Medicare for all. I know people don't like the people who are a lot of progressives. I get into this a lot with them because they don't like the idea of oh her adding a public option. But you know I, I think Medicare for all is a nuanced discussion that's not going to be you know solved in just one conversation. Right. But, but I, I have I think to. This she's is the Jen. biggest threat. This is Jen. Uh, hey y'all. Um, I'm going to disagree I'm going to disagree because of this Now some things that Elizabeth Warren says I like And some parts of me I think I agree with you Nick Like I'm I'm progressive about But Elizabeth Warren Warren And Bernie Sanders are so far left And they've swung so far left They're missing a key element Of the electorate That they're never going to capture They're never going to capture that you know, people who claim they're independent, that, um, you know, white male in the middle, semi-liberal, probably more libertarian type voter, they're not going to capture that voter. They need that voter to swing the, the electorate back to the, to the Democrats. That Elizabeth Warren alienates those people. They, they tune out when she goes way off to the left. She is not middle down the road enough to to get it. Bernie, I'm not Bernie. Bernie Sanders is the same way. Joe Biden. That's why everyone is trying to hitch their wagon to Joe Biden is because he swings more to the middle. Um, even though I think that he's going to lose those people because of ageism. Um, I, I think the Democratic Party is at a, a very incumbent moment in its history where they're either going to have to restructure. Or they're going to have to break apart and form a new party has to be formed from it um, because you know, the attack. Oh, go ahead. No, no I, I was going to say this is this is very interesting because if y'all recall, after Barack Obama won his first election, y'all recall us having the same almost identical conversation about how the Republican parties had to regroup, had to recenter yep, themselves, had to and uh-huh. now we're saying this about the Democrats. But it's going to happen. This is interesting. Like, the Democrats, like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And everything that we're saying, they are seeing as well, too, because they are also hearing that as well, too. And so I think it's coming. I think that this particular time we have we had a lot of excitement. We have a lot of people who are really interested. We had a lot of people who were saying a lot of good things at certain points, right? And so I think that mm-hmm. um, it will get to that point. It will get to that point because I think um, it's just like when Donald Trump came out the blue, even though we kind of sort of knew that this was kind of coming. But when when Donald Trump got to the forefront to where people were like, oh, he might win. Right. It's probably going to get to mm-hmm. where that point as well, too, with one potential Democratic uh, uh, candidate as well. And if they don't win this particular time, they wait that I'm pretty sure they'll win the next time. Now, now Jen, who excites you? Who excites you, Jen? Um, really, none of them. 
if you want to be honest. I, I don't like any of them. Um, there is a lady, I forget her name. She's from like uh, some weird state like North Dakota or Wyoming or somewhere like that. They call her uh, Mean. Marian, because um... <laughs> Marion Williams. Yeah,嗯哼。I like her，但是。Marion Williams。Yeah，嗯哼。Marion 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 Williams。Ye
I would love to make that an entire show. I got a whole list of stats I can't wait for. Y'all to <laughs> but that's not oh, yeah. just a yeah, yeah, thing. Right. Yeah, I mean, by the time I you you saying law enforcement? I'm filled with that show. I can tell you that much. But what I'm saying is, no, man. Look, black people have to stop voting for black people just because they black. I don't like Kamala. I think she's unrelatable. I think that her state has a high incarceration rate of African Americans, and she while she was with the state attorney. I, I just I don't like her, and that's why I wouldn't vote for her. And we can't just like her just because she's black. No, 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 no. I'm not saying like her just. But, because but you know, she's black. but you know that what that, I am. That's, that's that's what happened last time too. When you know, of course, we all got excited when President Obama got elected this well too. No, he had a legitimate now, record, and he legitimately helped people. So that I, that was a little I, different. I can say that too, but 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 that's the same argument, Jen, because some people didn't read. About his legislation, they just voted because President Obama was just black. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like some people, well, we, just, you know, what I'm saying? Hey, like, hey, like, we was uh, old that one. We nah, were, we was old well, that one. <laughs> well, yeah, on. that's well, true. I mean, yeah, yeah, we that. was old that one. And and it goes back to uh, it, and Al referenced Roland Martin show earlier. Roland Martin said for years, he said that came in was not going to get the pass that Barack Obama got. Now I will say this. And I'll post this in the Middleman Facebook group. There was a lot of misinformation about her actual record. Because if you look at the incarceration rates in California during her time in state attorney, they actually declined over the years that she was there. And her last year was at a state low. Those are actual statistics that show that. She also commuted a lot of sentences that were supposed to be in jail time. She put them in programs that would get them into the workforce, get them their high school diplomas out and into the workforce. There was a lot of misinformation about her actual record. I'm not saying don't take issue with Kamala Harris's record. What I'm saying Mm -hmm. is don't let the mere fact that she's law enforcement or don't let all of these don't let all of these vanity factors be the reason that you don't support her. I've said this for the longest. I don't care who you support as long as you fully know what they are about. Now, all these ADOS folks on Twitter, the attack on her saying she's not black enough because she is of Jamaican descent. Let me explain something to you about the African diaspora. The only difference between Jamaicans, Dominicans, Haitians, Puerto Ricans, Cubans, and American blacks is where you get off the boat at. So for them to say that she wasn't black enough because she was of Jamaican descent, well, who knows? If that's the case, stop playing Bob Marley. No, but I think that's a whole other topic. I I, I really take issue with, with, you know, our experience as black African-Americans without, they always want to lump us in with everybody else. No, we have our own unique experience here in America, but I think that's a whole other topic. I think uh, absolutely correct, but that doesn't mean that she's not black enough, because if that's the case. No, no, I'm not saying, I'm saying that pre-election, pre from her national recognition, where a lot of people didn't know about her, media coverage of her, her relatability, how she came off, she came off how a lot of people think Jamaican and African immigrants act, like with a real nasty air about them I, I'm just being honest and that's why people 
didn't relate to her and catch on to her because of that. They did, and she well, came off that way. But then you have to you have to then separate it. You as a person who is informed and will actually do the research, I can understand why you would take that perspective. But let's be honest, most people cannot say that prior to somebody saying it on Twitter, that they knew that Kamala Harris was of Jamaican descent before this election. Mm-hmm. And there's two reasons mm-hmm. for that, because, see, what they did know, they knew she was HBCU educated. They knew she, she was the, one of the first products of integrated school systems in California. They knew that she was an AKA. They didn't even know about the Jamaican descent until people started using it as a talking point against her. So you being an informed person, you would understand that and that era of how she may come off as that. But other people took it she was a prosecutor, and that's why she came off like that. So if that, that's the thing about it. It's, it's, you have to decode, and then let's be honest. We got to look at the patriarchal part of it. A lot of black men didn't like yep. the idea of a black woman being the head of state. And they definitely didn't like the fact that she's married to a white man. <laughs> and in my that probably was number one, man. That probably was number yeah. one. Like when they found out that she what was married to a white guy, like some do? people. Well, but but that's that's but that's, that's human behavior. So let me ask that's you a question. Human behavior. But let we me know ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. We know how did Barack Obama is how did Barack Obama is hit the Christian because he was a little white woman before he was with Michelle. So let's. I mean, if if, if we're going to break it all the way down, <laughs> I'm going to tell you like this. Oh, hey, Nick. Nick, hey, real man, talk. Barack let Barack, man, let Barack, hold Barack on, check this out. Look, listen, y'all. Listen, listen. If Barack Obama came to the election, and uh, to all our white listeners out there, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying this, but let me say it. If he would have came to that election with a white woman on his shoulder, on I his arm. voted for him, bro. Had, the black no. women, no, black women wouldn't have voted for him. A lot of black women wouldn't have voted for him. That's true. He would not have That's won. True. Period. But before we get down that rabbit hole, let's stop right there. <laughs> we do have something. We're, we're about close to running out of time. I, man, this energy is so great. I'm glad to have you guys back on the show with us. And everybody that's out there listening live on the Internet right now, we do really appreciate y'all. Uh, my man, Elias, uh, appreciate you, brother. I've seen you over there sharing our, our uh, show uh, with the world over there on Facebook. Um, man, we did have one crazy a Democrat ad. Now, we didn't get into health care. We didn't get into a couple other things we wanted to talk about. But I got to play this right here. And if you go over to the Middleman Talk Show Facebook page, I actually have a clip of that ad up. And I just took this little one section. I want y'all to listen to this ad. This goes to the tribalism, not to a certain degree, but these people are crazy trying to keep up with Trump, and he's crazy. This is from a Democrat. <laughs> now, y'all listen to this. Hi, my name is Eddie Morrow. I'm a progressive Democrat running for the United States Senate here in Iowa. One of the reasons I'm running, because our current Senator, Joni Ernst, she thinks it's okay to run ads glorifying guns. She doesn't seem to care that many of those guns will be pointed at our kids, our teachers, churchgoers, moviegoers, concertgoers, our police officers. Well, I care. While she's afraid to stand up to the NRA for common sense gun laws, I'm ready to stand up for Iowans to keep our schools, our communities, our kids safe. But this race is about more than guns. 
Joni's term has been a non-stop assault on Iowans' rights. On a right to affordable health care. On a woman's right to choose. On workers' rights and farmers' rights. And our kids' right to a livable planet. Am I standing by her boss in the White House? It's been a non-stop assault on our climate, on our democracy, on decency, and what it means to be an American. Oh, my God. Y'all have to see that, man. Let me give you the visual. Right. This for man those is walking know, in a field. Go ahead, too. Right. <laughs> for those who don't man, know. Look, y'all go over to our Facebook um, page and please look up under the show, please, please. The Trump, to Trump or not the Trump show. I got the actual video of this, this commercial. This man, y'all just have to see it. All those gunshots. Y'all gonna cry later. Is, I promise you. That that particular ad to to our, to our listeners out there, the guy's name is Joe um, Eddie Eddie Morrow, and he is running against Jeannie Ernst for the Iowa uh, State Senate seat. And this is a federal race. And if you were to see the ad, like you would think something is strange about this particular video, but the guy is real serious. <laughs> It's so serious. Could y'all, could y'all, could y'all try to follow that while it was playing? Could y'all try to, try yeah. to get a visual? Try to follow? Yeah. Only thing he was missing. Go to YouTube and just look up Iowa campaign videos. You're going to see some of the weirdest stuff you've ever seen in your life. Man. <laughs> hey, man. That's a weird Only thing. Only thing he was missing. Hate... Look. He was just missing the ricochet sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll let them brothers say what incarnation, but you know. <laughs> oh. oh my God! Oh well, you know what? Before we close the show down today, because I mean we're, we're about close to the end of the show, we do appreciate everybody uh, that listened to the show. The reason why we titled this show "To Trump or Not Trump," if we don't do what we need to do this election cycle, oh, we gonna have to Trump. Yep. We're gonna deal with that dude for another whole term, and. Sad to say, there are a lot of people that are of the African American descent that, at this point, they do agree with him, and a lot of them have to be ha- just happen to be male. And uh, oh my God, I, I just don't know, man. I, I, don't, I think we're gonna have to deal with him another four, uh, four years, man. I, I really, do. I hate to tell y'all that, but I'm not saying it, yeah. G. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm yeah. not. I'm not gonna stand for paint, it. No. Nope. Paint the White House nope. orange. Nope. No. Paint the White House orange. I'll I'll say this much. I'll say this much. If you, as a black man, and you may not have personally dealt with judges on a county, state, and particularly a federal level, but I guarantee you know someone who has. If you cannot mm-hmm. see what this man is doing, because while they were having these impeachment hearings in the House, they just confirmed what eight new federal judges. Right. Yes, Lord. These are lifetime federal appointees. appointees. Yep. These mm. are going to impact you, your son, yep. and your grandson. Mm-hmm. That's long correct. After Trump is out of office. If you do not. Take the time to properly educate. I don't care who you support on the Democratic side. I really don't. But if you do not 
take the time to educate yourself on what it is that this man is putting in place to happen long after he's gone and you still go out and vote for him, it's going to be hard for me to have sympathy. Mm-hmm. I, I, yes, I don't sir. want to hear, you know, I don't want to see no hashtags, no t-shirts, nothing like that. Because you didn't get out, you didn't get me, you didn't vote. We are going to have to follow the lead of black women and get out there and actually vote. Well, I'm going to say something that's going to be very controversial, and I know it's at the end of the show, but I'm going to say it. Too many black males are chauvinists. I know Jen wasn't expecting that. <laughs> from, from from their leader? No, I wasn't expecting that from their leader. <laughs> from their leader. I'm just saying, man, I'm not a chauvinist. I'm just calling for what I see. There's a lot of chauvinistic males out there that happen to look like me. We need to step it up. It's 2020, y'all. Hey, y'all, hey, y'all got to get over there. Let's so also make this life better, man. Let's let's also just make sure that in addition to the presidential race that we are paying attention to our congressional candidates and our Senate candidates. That's all I really want to say on that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, and thank you all another for taking an hour out your day to listen Ooh. to the Little Man Talk Show. Why, why are you rushing saying it, Al? Why? He's trying to beat you. He's I trying to beat it. the leader of the show. Like, <laughs> man, you better be right. glad I ain't got my full audio board set up, I just want to, see what, I just want to right? show what it felt like. <laughs> no, nah, you better be glad I ain't. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, y'all tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. It's going down once again. Middleman Talk Show. Appreciate everybody. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.